Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk with Mo Hassan podcast. My guest, Basim, a Nigerian-Lebanese DJ and one of the most grounded and self-aware people I've met, began his journey as a little fat kid that fell in love with music in his room. Initially in it for the girls, he kept practicing. And four years later, he's DJing in massive events such as Waribana. Basim is a man of many talents. And he's just opened a restaurant in Nigeria with his mum. So sit back and get to know the real DJ T-Bills. We discuss everything from finding mentors to overcoming anxiety, losing friends, social media personas, rebuilding Africa, and much more. I guarantee you'll learn a thing or two from this man. Three, two, one, and we're live. Finally. I'm here with you, Basim. We met through Rayan, yeah. a mutual friend that I've only known for a week. And she had never, it turns out she had never met you either. Instagram only. Well, Instagram. She's, she's a nice person from what I saw on Instagram though. Okay, so Instagram buddies. And I have to say the first moment I met you, I thought you were, you were quite grounded. There was something about you. All I knew about you is that you were a DJ. Yeah. You're a big DJ. You were too cool to meet me apparently according to Rayan she said he's too cool he won't meet up with you yeah. he might um, but yeah it's finally happening so let's just jump into it definitely like just tell me a bit about yourself yeah. and uh, how you got into DJing first of all I'm not too cool to meet anyone like you know like we said earlier like I never say I don't like saying no to like um, any opportunity, right? Right. So when um, Ryan told me she was like, "There's this guy who came from London. He wants to do a podcast." I'm like, Def- "I love I love podcasts, though." Right. So I was like, "I'm gonna jump onto this." Okay. So apparently, I've been DJing for four years, and you know, I got into DJing because, like, like I said earlier, first of all, I love music. Right. And. Which is also because of the girls. I was like, I was young. I was, I was young. So I was like, I'm going to get into this because I'm going to get to know more people, get to meet the girls and stuff. But apparently, like, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, like, DJing, is a, it's an art form. It's just like painting and stuff. I could be a DJ, but not a good DJ. So it took lots of, you know, lots of work, dedication, sleepless nights. And, yeah, finally, I got to where I want to become. And at the end of the day, it's all music. I love music. Whatever, like, I don't, I don't just love African music. That's what people get wrong. Mm. If it sounds good, I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just about the sound. If it sounds good to me, I'll play it. But in Lebanon, I try to, like, distinguish myself just to play the African. I want to bring the African culture to Lebanon. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think one thing that definitely stands out about you is a lot of people like certain things so they want a career in law because it brings respect but they're not ready to make the sacrifices or they want to be a singer or in this case a dj and something you said that i thought was very interesting is you you did it for superficial reasons initially and then you realized how much hard work it takes and then you began to speak about how you were mentored by one of the biggest djs in the middle east dj ace can you can you go into that story a bit yeah, like, like you said, it's for superficial reasons. Because I was young, you know, I wasn't really thinking, like, about the hard work. Because, you know, when you see a DJ at first, you just see him behind the um, booth. You just think, okay, this guy's just playing music. He, he got there easily. Right. But when you actually get into the field, it's lots of, lots of hard work. You have to go. You have to, 
you know, you have to like do things you don't want to do to get there, mm. depending on the kind of person you are. So speaking about DJ Ace, DJ Ace is one of the DJs I met who like took me on this journey, but I had other DJs who like helped me out, you know what I mean? So I'm going to start off, there's a DJ called, his name is Barry, shout out to Barry though. <laughs> so how did this happen? So there's a place called Big Shots in Hammer. It used to be this dope ass like, how can you score swords? So, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, sure. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's called Big Shot. So I, I used to go there with my younger brother, right? right. I used to be young there. So I, sometimes I get in, sometimes I don't get in. Okay. So I see this DJ, this, he had the best R&B music, you know? Yeah. So eventually, like, he's, a, he's, he's very nice. So he was like, you know, I go there all the time. I, I told him I want to be a DJ. Right. So he was like, he just told me, listen, come to my house. And I used to school, I studied in a university called AUSD. It's in Ashrafia. He lives in Ashrafia. Okay. So I used to have classes from, let's say, from 12 in the morning till 6 p.m. Right. So from 6 p.m., I go to his house, and I start DJing, like, from 6 till 12 every day, every day. And I had no car. So I used to go there, use a taxi to go back home by 12, had school the next day. Wow. So he was... So I, I, I think he, he taught me, like, my basics of DJing. He was the first guy who put me through, like... So he was, a, he was like my friend, he was my friend, but um, when, he come, when he came to DJing, he changed, you know what I mean? He was strict, he was like, we used to laugh before DJing, but when it comes to DJing, he took me like in, he was like, do this, don't do that, you know what I mean? He gave, yeah. me, he was that, he gave me that role, like, where I, could, I respected him and I respected the work he did. So after that, let's say after three months of um, DJing, he gave me my first show, which was my, it was at my mom's friend's birthday party at the hotel. What? Yeah, I was, it was like all my mom's friends, all my friends, all my family, I was wow. like, I was ready. I'll never forget that day. I got there, had the DJ set ready and everything. Right. So usually he, he, like he will follow me to a show, but he was like, this time you do it yourself. I went there, I played a couple of songs. They were going good. Next thing you know, I pressed something wrong, the music went off. My mom's friends were like, what are you doing? Don't play anymore, don't DJ, it sucks. You know, like, so, but that was my, that was my first time I DJ. Yeah. So, you know, that discouraged me a lot, but you know, I went back to my friend. He told me like, his first show was similar to that. Right. So yeah, you know, that's how it, that's how it went. I, I had a couple of shows in Lebanon. I did good in some shows, I did bad at some shows, but you know, this is what makes you stronger. The rejection, I went back home, practiced some more. So it's all about, it can't just be all about you doing it great at the first time. You have to right. make those mistakes. Right. If I didn't make those mistakes, I would have never like known, like, you know. Yeah, so it's all about this. So yeah. And meeting DJ Ace was one of this, he's one of the teachers I usually saw and I was, he was really good. Still is good, sorry. And yeah, so like I said, I always go, I went for his shows one, two times, three times, four times. Like always, I watch what he does, always. But I never really knew him like that. Mm. Eventually, we met, and he saw how much I loved music. So he put me through, he, he, he showed me, he told me to come for his shows, stay next to him, watch every detail. So while people are partying and like having fun, I'm looking at his fingers. And don't forget, he's moving fast. So I always had to make sure I'm like noticing every step of the way. So doing this one couple of times, he put me on my first African show. It's a show called Jungle Safari. Okay. Yeah. Jungle Safari. Jungle Safari yeah. So this show, 
like I said, I, I, I spoke about this yesterday. When I got on the show, usually when I'm DJing, no one stays next to me, so I'm comfortable. But this time, he stood next to me. Every mistake, like he will see. So I made sure I was perfect from beginning to end. And you know, he told me, you're doing a good job. Like he believes in me, you know what I mean? So that gave me the extra push to believe in myself. So yeah. I mean, all right, let's just have a bit of context though. Yes. This is one of the biggest DJs yes. in the Middle East. In my opinion, yes. And you said he's played, you know, he's done he's 50 played, Cent, yeah, he's done... He's in Dubai in a place called White, in a club called White, so yeah. Club called White in Dubai, yeah. he's, he's covered the biggest, the biggest names. So when we were talking... Another interesting thing you said to me, because I, I, I just want, want people to really understand what it takes. You, you met this guy once. He's always surrounded by security. Yeah. You went to the club super early. You were keen. Because usually, usually the, club, um, the club starts by 9. Right. By 11, people show by, you know, 11. Right. So I thought to myself, how do I get to speak to him without, you know, the huge crowd? So right. I usually went there earlier before everyone, you know, so we can have that conversation. And I usually stayed from nine to like two or three. And most of the times I had classes the next day. So Ooh. I had to, you know, so it was, it was really hectic, but I knew what I wanted out of it. Right. I know where I was going to become, like what I was going to become from this. Right. So you know what, it's like you, you have to put in the, you have to put in the work. Mm. Like I said, no one can make you, force you to do what, like what you want to do. You have to push yourself to do what you want to do. Mm. And you know, in this process, I mentioned earlier, I lost friends, lost relationships, you know, but I still stayed focused because I believed in myself. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's one, tough, yeah. One, okay. But, but still, I know, I know I'm sticking on this point, yeah. but I, I just want people to understand because when, when, you know, people visit your Instagram page, they're like, oh, this guy's cool. He's, he's been to Athens. He's been to Manchester. He's obviously in Lebanon. He's Mr. International. But you went to this guy from you said 9 p.m. to 3 in the morning while doing couple, classes. Couple occasions, though. But you, just one occasion, yeah. Couple of occasions. But you went 20 straight weeks in a row, no? Almost 20. Like, so you went like 20 times. Everybody, so basically, he, DJ'd, he DJs R&B. Right. And a bit of African every Wednesday. Okay. So, that's, so I made sure I go like every Wednesday there. Yeah. If only it was like hectic. Because, you know, going to the club every week, it's not easy. But like I said... I knew where it was gonna get me and I believed in myself. Like, I wanted him to be my mentor, right? Mm. And for him to be my mentor, I can't just show up once. Mm. He has to believe that I believe in myself. So I, I, I kept doing this for a couple of times and like I said, he put me on my first big show, but not only did he help me out, I had to help myself out 80% of the time. Because mm. don't forget, he might put me on the first show, but it doesn't mean that's it, the work is over. I still had to look for my own shows. I applied, I applied for DJ shows in London, in Nigeria. I got rejected 90% of the time. So usually, I, and that, didn't, that didn't discourage me. I kept doing it. So eventually, I got a show for a guy called Burner Boy. Okay. He's a big Nigerian artist. So I, they flew me out to London to go DJ for him. Wow. You know, and I went on a radio station there. I got back to Lebanon. There was another African artist called Skills. I went on NRJ radio station twice for that. And I, you know, I like... All these things happened fast, you know what I mean? So when these things happened to me, I never, like, like I didn't still believe it, though, but one thing about me, I never took it for granted. 
every time I had an opportunity, I was always grateful. You know what I mean? Because I know it. I know it doesn't come easy for most people. You know what I mean? Right. Was, usually, when I went on the radio, um, the first radio um, interview, it was seven a.m. That was it. It started by seven a.m. and I had to wake up by five, drive all the way there, and I got there an hour before. You know, because I really, really believed in the work I was doing, and I didn't want to like take it for granted. Like, oh, because now I have a radio interview, I'm going to show up late. Every time, I always make sure I show up on time. You know what I mean? It's it's like a good work ethic. Yeah. Learned that from my mom, though. Yeah, my mom, my mom, my mom, like inspired me in all of this too as well. Because I grew up, you know, in, when you grow up in Africa, it's different. It's like you have, you need to have like responsibilities. You know what I mean? Yes. These are things that build you up as an individual. Yeah. So yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice, and it goes against the stereotype of African time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> when they say the African time right. is like, oh, it come by ten, you show up by twelve. There you go. Yeah, but I don't blame people. Most Africans usually show up late, though. That's the thing. No, but for me, it's usually for they usually do this for parties, not in terms yeah. of like, not yeah. Course, yeah. You don't want to go for a party. Let's say party starts by ten. You don't have to be dedicated to show up by ten. You know what I mean? So serious things, I believe, they show up on time. Right. But well, if it's like a party, okay, you don't have to. You're not big, like to show up there, so yeah. I think also, you know, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. um, showing up on time reflects the fact that you respect the other person's time, Definitely. and that's the only resource, unlike money, that you don't get back. Yeah. Um, I wanna, I wanna dive in a little bit to Mini Bassim. Mini Bass, when he was young, right? Not saying that you have a son. Uh, Mini, he's still young. He's still young, but you'd be surprised in Lebanon. Um, so little Bassim, when he was younger, was what in his bedroom DJing. We'll get into that, but I just, I kind of want to know what is it about DJing that allowed you to go through all of those rejections that made you stand next to a guy. You know, when you're going to the club, there's other things that people do. They they drink, they dance, they talk to girls. But you're standing next to this guy, a, a really cool guy. And you could have leveraged your relationship with him to maybe get more people and so on. But you didn't do it from that vain perspective. You you stood next to him and you learned from him. So what is it about DJing that sets you on fire? So I'm going to start off when I was younger, right? When I was younger, I used to be this fat kid in high school. Oh. Yeah, I used, to, I, used to be, I used to get bullied as well. Wow. So it's like I was never really that like cool kid everyone looked up to and stuff like right. that. So right. I never knew how it felt like. But I, I was funny though. Okay, I was, yeah, I was so you funny. were the funny Yeah, I was funny. Yeah, I was, I was okay. actually, yeah. Okay. But like, you know. Just hold this a bit. Yeah. All right, yeah. No worries, no. So basically I was like, I was bullied. I didn't believe in myself. Okay. Because when you get bullied, you feel like, you're not good enough, right? I never really believed in myself, and your family obviously believes in you because they're your family, but you know, that's all I needed. I needed my family to believe in me, and they did believe in me. And when I, like, DJing came up not because, like, oh, I wanted to be a DJ, I wanted to prove to myself. I loved music, but I was like, how can I prove to myself I can do something bigger than just myself, like, what can I do to prove to myself and prove to my family that I'm actually good enough at something, you know what I mean? I never really got A's in school, like, you know, like, I, like you know what I mean? I've had to find something that, like, I can excel at. Mm. And when I found DJing, it's like, it wasn't even easy. It was even harder than school to me because 
when you DJ, you're not only about the music. You have to go up in front of people. And we said earlier, I get stage fright. I get anxiety. So it's like, in school, you don't get anxiety because you're in a classroom and you're writing. Right. I was like, wow, this actually goes against everything I like. I do. You right. know what I mean? I'm always that shy person who doesn't like to be out in front of people. Right. Now this is going to make me be in front of people. Like, you know, have that eye contact, have to dance, you know. But I said, I'm going to take 10 steps at a time, step by step. Let me focus on the music, focus on the stage presence, right. focus on the dancing, you know. So every step in my life guided me throughout that process, you know what I mean? Like I said, I went to, I, went to, I learned from different, not only just one DJ, different people. From a, the first DJ I met, he taught me my basics. I met another DJ, he's, he's a guy called Devon, he's, a, he's friends with Ace. So the, I had an event, like an African event. So he saw me DJing. He's, he's a big DJ as well. And he came up to me and was like, Basim, when you're DJing, you have to dance. Like, you have to show people that you're actually enjoying what you're doing. So when I'm DJing, I'm usually, like, stiff. Right. Looking at the um, DJ set, not trying to have eye contact because I'm nervous. Right. It's like when people see you doing that, it shows a sign of weakness. So he didn't teach me about mixing. He taught me about my stage presence. It's like when you DJ and try to dance, you know, show people that you actually enjoy what you're doing. Yes. So whenever I'm DJing, I still focus, but I try to add some movements, you know, right. like I'm happy to be here. Right. And, you know, I learned that was one of the best lessons I've learned in DJing. Enjoy, in anything in life, enjoy what you're doing. Mm. We are this podcast now. I'm enjoying it because, you know, it's yeah, something, it's true. nice. You know what I mean? Like, I never saw myself doing a podcast with a cool guy like you, you know, yeah, I never saw that. So it's like, when, when I DJ to, I look at the crowd. Last week I had an event and I looked at the crowd and I said to myself, like, for a second, I'm di- but no one notices that. I looked and I was like, wow, I'm actually here. I'm doing what I love. Like, I'm always so focused in the, but I never really look out. I took in the moment and I'm happy, you know, I go home, I get so happy. I'm like, wow, Basim, you actually did this. Right. No one will. No one believed in me. You don't get like people thought I could do it, but like I said, to get to the next level, it's a different ball game. Mm. You have to meet people. You have to network, especially when you're a shy person. It's like you have to break that comfort zone. You know, mm. going to the going to what's, what's it called? The shark? Is it called the? Um, I have to go into like a place that's dangerous. You know what I mean? A place you don't want to go to. Right. And I went there out of your comfort zone, basically. Okay. So yeah, and that helped me out a lot in life. I know how to speak to people. I know how to address situations. I know how to, you know, just to be myself. Right. And if you're going to do something, I always believe do something that reflects yourself. Don't be anyone else. Mm. We spoke about this, like, I didn't really find myself until it took me until, it's just until recently I found myself in, like, as a person. Mm. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. It takes time. But it's all these small events in life that gets you there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm sure you had similar situations yes. too. You like Yes. I think uh, we spoke about running. Yeah. And for me, kind of uh, running a marathon. But before, I used to do a lot of run, running before that races. And there's something about confronting your own thoughts and your own fears and being honest with yourself. And we all have limiting beliefs. And sometimes I think there's moments where on the surface you might have a lot of things that make you successful but you know the things that you're avoiding and for me that was I mean the marathon is a small expression of that Um, but you know the demons that you kind of have to tackle and I think whether it's you're DJing or you're trying to become a doctor 
or you're just telling your parents, look, this isn't what I want to do, or you're explaining to your family, I don't want to go down this, this path, or you're saying to a certain group of friends, these are my standards, and quite frankly, I don't feel like you guys respect me enough to meet them. Whatever that tough conversation is, I think when you move in the direction of fear, that's when you grow the most. That's, that's my view. I'm just curious. Right. I'm just curious. You spoke about leaving your comfort zone. How, like, what do you do to... to right, so I, I really want you to, like, focus on this point because I know there's going to be some fat kids at home that, 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 that. No, it's true. No, it's true. There are going to be some fat kids at home. Right. Listen, fat kids, if you're watching this, this is for you. There's going to be, there's going to be a fat kid at home that is thinking, I like music. But, or there's going to be a fat kid at home that thinks, I want to speak to this girl, or I want to do this. It doesn't have, want... doesn't have to be music. Exactly. What were the tools, the tactics, the mindset? What were the, what were the inflection points? Because it wasn't like you were bullied and then boom you met DJ Ace and you became disciplined what was the what was the journey give us run us through that yeah like I think this is very important like most people don't go into like how they actually like became something big or you know the steps like I I can't really cover all the steps but I can just give you like um, highlights yeah of course so for example like like I said I was a fat kid yeah I wasn't that cool I didn't have that much friends how did I like change that it's you know, I never really liked reading books. Yeah, I, I hated books. Okay. So it's like, you know, I said to myself, I'm going to get self-help books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Watch, I, you know, I, I, I watch some self-help videos on YouTube. Right. I'm not saying this just helps you. Like, when you listen to stuff like this, these books, they help you out. Right. There's a difference between helping you out and you applying it. I had to apply this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I try to listen to people, too. And most important stuff, I always tell my younger brother, I always try to hang out with older people. Mm. Very important. I, I had like, my cousins, they were older than me. Mm. So when I was younger, I hung out with people my age. Right. Facing the same struggles as I did. So when I started hanging out with the older crowd, like, they've been through what I've been through. So they tell me, they advise me, like, this is not me even reading a book, this is real life, you know what I mean? Oh, Basem, don't do this. Don't, you know, so I always hang out with ma- more mature people. And I still do that till today. Mm. I don't have friends my age. Mm. Seriously, no. Like, the only friend I have my age is like few people, but all my friends are in their 30s, they're in their 40s, they're married. I, I don't know. Like, I made this a decision to myself. If I can't find someone who's more mature than me, I'm not going to hang out with you. Right. So I might come off as being cocky or too, like, arrogant, but it's like, I know what I want. Mm. What am I going to benefit from hanging out with son who's a more mature than I will hang out with you, but there's a, like I, I set limits to it. Right. We spoke about this, so I tend to hang out with people who've, who's like they've been there. Right. For example, like I said, I opened a restaurant in Nigeria. Right. I have no experience about running a restaurant. Right. What did I do? I hung out with a guy who owns a couple of restaurants. He's doing it. So I stay with him. I learn from people like this. So these things, I apply them in my life, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm. So this is just one aspect, but I feel like spending time alone really helped me out. Mm. I spend lots of time alone. I look back at my actions, you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like I, even when I read the book, it doesn't really help me out. It's just, you just have to be consistent with what you're doing. Mm. If you want to lose weight, you can't just go to the gym and lose weight in one day. Mm. It's a process. You go every day for a year. Right. 
my music wasn't good. I had to practice every day. Still not till till day I still practice. I don't feel like I'm there yet. Mm. So it's it's just a process. Life is a process. You just have to be consistent with it. Right. And that's that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. I think um yeah, it's interesting. When we when we were setting up earlier, you were saying one of the reasons you wanted to do this interview yeah. was because people have a lot of misconceptions about DJs yeah. or potentially about you. About me, yeah. They they might think that you're not educated. Yeah. Well, they're getting an education today. <laughs> but I think it's it's really interesting. You know, there are a couple of things that get thrown around. People always say you're the average of the five people you spend the most yes. time with. Um, spending time alone is crucial. Um, execution is is what makes the difference at the end of the day. It's not what you know, but it's what you do. And it's what you do daily. Daily, yeah. Um, that makes it who you are. Tell me about this, this uh, venture... The, this restaurant venture this entrepreneurship venture yeah. you've had a restaurant in Nigeria with three months with your mum yeah. tell me first like how did it get started and how has it changed the relationship with your mum <laughs> that's a nice one though um, basically I'm going to jump into me being educated right so it's like people get the conception that when you're a DJ you're not educated you're right. not well rounded in life but it's also about what you put out on Instagram. Like, I don't, I don't put out stuff. I don't put out the processes of how I get there, what do I do in my daily life. I just put out the music because my Instagram is built for my music. Mm. At the same time, I don't like people knowing too, too much about my personal life. So I don't really show... Like, I show you, like, 10% of what I really do on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. As much as I like to, like, motivate people, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I don't really like exposing so much about myself, my businesses, what I do on my daily life. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, so like I believe when you get to meet someone personally, you get to know who they really are. So I don't really judge people from their Instagram. Right. I get to know what you do with your life, but I don't. I can't say I know you from your Instagram because that's a wrong conception. Because yeah. for my Instagram, I look at myself. I look at myself as just this cool DJ. Right. That's speaking about my own Instagram. Yeah. But you know, like now you got to meet, like to meet me, and that's you know, right. like there's a different side for me than from my Instagram. Definitely. And usually, like, what I enjoy the most is just spending alone time. Mm. Yeah. So it doesn't show, it doesn't show on Instagram, but I don't like, I like traveling alone time and time with family. Mm. And the, re- the restaurant business, it, it all came up, um, the idea came up. Um, Sorry, I'm just going to push Yeah, this definitely. Here. It came up uh, last year. Okay. So basically, I'm going to relocate to Nigeria in a couple of months. Mm. So my mom was like, um, we should do something. Because me and my mom, we, like, we have the same, like, um, we think the same. So she was like, we should do, do love food, I love food. And my mom cooks good. Nice. And, you know, we came up with the idea that we're going to start a restaurant. Mm. What I knew, like, already, that, was, that wasn't going to be easy. Because you have to find the venue, you have to find the chef, you have to do the social media. But I like challenges in my life, you know. Mm. I've, be, done, I've done the DJ part. I want to try something else, you know, challenge myself. Right. But from a DJ, I've learned a lot about life. So it's not like I'm going to start from ground zero with a restaurant. I already know the basics of how to handle social media, how to speak to people, how to have clients. You know what I mean? Right. So we opened it three to four months ago. It's, a, it's called Havila. Okay. It's in a place called Lekin um, in Lagos. It's a, very, it's a very nice concept. So, you know, it's, me and my mom, now we went into this new like, life together. Mm. Brought us close. We've always been close. Mm. But this brought us closer because... I get to know what she doesn't like and what she likes, you know. It, you know, and she too, like, we always have this mutual respect, though. 
But now we now we're in a business together. It's right. it sometimes she pisses me off. But you know, I have to I have oh, to like right. you know yeah. I have to like you know, I just have to take it. Yeah. But you know, I don't know she's my mom, I have to always respect her. But at the same time, I feel you always have to set boundaries. Mm. You know. Especially like now we have we have like staff working under us. We always have I have to know how to be friendly with them, but at the same time be serious with them, which I'm still learning how to do. Right. It's not easy because I'm the kind of person I don't like I don't like to boss people around. Yeah. But when you when you have a business, it's it's your money you put into this. Right. And you don't want your money to go for like nothing, you know. So you have to have the standards. You know what I mean? Like now I'm learning about I'm trying to learn how I cook now. You cook. I cook now. I watch some YouTube videos of what to like make and try to add to the menu. Interesting. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's a new lifestyle for me, you know what I mean? And now when we have people, customers come to a restaurant, I have to sit down with them, socialize. And like I said, I'm a shy person. I don't, before I never liked doing stuff like this, but now I look forward to like... Right. Because you get to meet people, they have their own stories, you know. We speak about food. You know, just it's just a nice. It's just nice, it brings people together. You know, yeah, yeah. and food is always nice. So Who doesn't yeah. like food? Yeah. Right? So we we do Nigerian food and we do um Lebanese, like continental. That's, that's yeah smart Lebanese because in in Nigeria we have lots of Lebanese. Really? Yeah, I I school in in a Lebanese school in Nigeria. There's a lot of Lebanese in West Africa. In West right? Africa, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I grew up in Nigeria, I was always around Lebanese people. So when I moved to Lebanon, it wasn't like um new to me you know, right. I grew up there so we thought about it like why don't we have Nigerian food Lebanese food so we get like you know the both people so yeah and now it's still like we've been open for three to four months it's still a challenge I'm still learning every day every day and I'm happy I'm on this journey right now it's a new chapter of my life right yeah right. DJ tour, maybe motivational speaker yeah. who knows um I like the bit about drawing boundaries in your life. Very important. And I think that's increasingly difficult when you're working with someone like your mum. Yeah. Because they're probably, it's family, but also your mum is in kind of a, a leadership role for most of the, your young life. And then you become a man, you become your own person. And so you have to kind of navigate through that. I'm interested, how... Okay, so when we met, we were speaking about insecurities and how people hide them through things like Instagram and we have this very filtered lens of what we look like and how we really are. What was your method of dealing with your insecurities, whether that be anxiety or not feeling good enough? What would your advice be for people who, who kind of feel a bit like, I don't know, alienated by social media? Like, what would your advice be with handling those insecurities? That's a very good topic, though. And I feel like this should be the most important topic out of everything we spoke about. Because, like, I, like I, have, I never knew I had anxiety until I got older and I did my research on anxiety. Because like, when I was younger, I, like, when I go into, like, a room full of people, I get, I get this feeling like I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? Right. I get sweaty, I get nervous, I get short breath, you know. Did my research, that's what anxiety is, basically. Mm. It's a broader topic, but these are the like, symptoms of anxiety. Right. So what I've learned about this is that, like, just to like, narrow it down, mm. always be yourself. That's what I've learned. Like, you know, when, why, why do I get anxious before when I was younger? Mm. 
I'm always trying to be what I'm not. You know, what I'm trying to be that cool guy, trying to be that guy who's like, you know, everyone likes. But you can only when you're yourself, you don't get anxious because this is who you are. So at an older age now, it's like I've mastered this. You know what I mean? I don't try to be what I'm not. When I go into a room full of people and I'm not fam- like familiar with them, I try to introduce myself, and I give off a good vibe. I'm always I always try to be nice to people because what you give is what you get. What you give is what you get. When you give out good vibes, you get good vibes too. So when I go to a room, I might I might be different from you, but I try to be nice to you. Because when you're nice to people, you get that back as well. Most people give it back too. But right. if they don't give it back to you, I just know in my mind, it's like everyone is different. I can't expect everyone to like me. Right. Not even the most famous celebrities. Not everyone likes them. So who am I? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it's like what I give, I try to give out positive energy all of the time. Mm. Even when I'm DJing now, like people are like, oh, you're too, you're big, you're this big DJ now, but I'm still nice to everyone. When I go out, I make sure I say hi to everyone, no matter how big I get, no matter how much money I have. It's always, I love people a lot, mm. you know, so I always try to make sure, like, I'm nice. But what helped me out with um, anxiety, I try, I meditate. That's yeah, I, I, I really didn't speak about this, it's though. Okay. I've been meditating for actually three years right now. Yeah. Wow. Three years. That's changed my life, you know, a lot. So, like I said, when I get on, on stage, my knees start shaking. But obviously, we have the DJ set, which covers, like, to you to your midsection. Right. So, you don't get to see that part. But I remember I had this show. It was my, one of the first African shows I did in a place called Swag City. Okay. I'm not sure if you I remember I, was, I went to the toilet before the show, right. and I was shaking. I was shaking. I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually doing this. And I, and I, because I didn't know how to meditate, I got to the show and I, I did a bad job because I was nervous. Mm. So I had a friend who told me about meditation, which meditation is basically about your breathing. Right. It's controlled breathing. It's not, it's not anything spiritual. It's just how you control your breathing. So what do I do? I've mastered how to breathe. Right. So before I show, let's say I go to the restroom, I try to take in some deep breaths and I say, Basem, you can do it. You know, I say to myself, I say good things to myself. Mm. Some, I try to give myself positive energy. I don't, I don't look for people to give me this. I give it to myself. I'm like, you know, you can do this. You got here so far. You're on stage. People came out to see you. Mm. You're playing what you love to people. I'm not playing what I don't. I play what I like. Okay. You know, so I try to breathe. When I get on stage, I absorb it, the energy. Right. And, you know, so all these techniques help me out a lot. And, you know, my family too, they believe in me. And like I said, my, I, my best friend is my younger brother. Wow. Yeah, my younger brother is my... Anytime we, go, we travel together, we go out together. And he's, very, he's 21. Yes. Sorry, 22. He's going to get pissed. 22, <laughs> 22 yeah. 22. Yeah, but he's, he's much bigger than me. Right. So he's like... As much as I'm his older brother, but I still look at him as like one of my, my older brother because he's right. so matured and he's like... He's such, he's, he has such a strong like personality. Right. So whenever I feel like... I'm not good enough. I go to him and he, he makes, he doesn't pass him, I believe in you. I just, you just need one person to believe in you. You don't need the whole world telling you that. Just one person who loves you. Mm. So yeah, he always told me, Basim, you can do it. I love your music. And whenever I DJ, I look at him and I see how he smiles and I'm like, you know, I'm smiling now. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Really sweet. Yeah. I think, I think that's the power of family. Family uh, is very Family important. is yeah. so important. Also, 
th- there is one nuance. There's one little detail I kind of want people to try and. I'm, I'm focusing on it for a reason, which is this advice of be yourself. I definitely agree. Yeah. If you're trying to change or you're trying to be something out of a position of yeah. insecurity or you're wearing clothes that you don't necessarily like or you're listening to music that you don't like to, to fit in, yeah. that's quite destructive for your self-esteem. That's a very good topic, though, yeah. Having said that, though, I think there comes a point where your true self when you were being bullied on someone wasn't the person that necessarily liked to greet people and your true self wasn't someone that was confident on stage or wasn't necessarily someone that would give positive energy to everyone so it i always find it's a seesaw where when you're trying to change sometimes you have to change your you have to change, you, you have yeah. to change your true self and I, I feel like that's a nuance most mm. people miss with the be yourself advice because sometimes people use be yourself as as an excuse well, to stay it's, the it's same much deeper than that of course yeah. like like when I say be yourself, does it mean like when you, when you're yourself, that means everything works out good? Right. Life is a learning process. Mm. Be yourself is a broad topic. Like I feel like in life there are certain rules you have to apply. Mm. When we're younger, we don't know these rules. That's why you can't be yourself. Yeah. Because you're young, you don't. What do you know? Right. Be yourself means you do what you like and what you love out of what you know and who you are. One of the things about life is that when you're not yourself, you're trying to be you, actually trying to be someone else. Let's say you met this cool guy, you're trying to be him like him because he gets all the girls. Right. That's not you being yourself. Yeah. If you want to get girls, why don't you? Well, you have to work out. You have to be. You have to speak good. You have to look good. So you can focus on doing those things for yourself if that's what you care about. Right. I wanted to become a DJ because I love music, mm. and I had to learn. It takes hard work takes dedication so I was still being myself but I had to put in the work mm. but like I feel like now with social media especially Instagram you just see the end result we spoke about this it's the end it's always the end result you know sometimes I get some messages on my on my DMs right those DMs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> so I get those um, um, DMs like oh you're doing it big bro right you get me in you know the typical like but most people don't get like it's all it's hard work I never realized this when I usually saw like celebrities you, they post the um, the um, videos or pictures about them doing it big but it's hard work and I feel like people should now show on social media people should show more of the like the journey, the journey yeah right. it's and I'm trying to like that's why I'm doing this podcast I want to show like people like what it takes right Sleepless nights, losing friends, you know, putting yourself in situations you don't want to be in. Right. This builds you as an individual and it's a very important role in life. So... Yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Tell, tell me about losing friends. Yeah, this, this is a very deep topic though. So how will I, I will start this off. So when I got to Lebanon when I was, um, when I was um, 19 got into university I wasn't a DJ obviously right. I had lots of friends right. so you know when you have lots of friends I've realized this it's like you know let's go out here let's do this let's do that gossip talk you know it, and it's you don't really get to spend time with yourself to know yourself more mm-hmm. you're always investing time in your friends which means you're losing time on yourself mm-hmm. to actually work on yourself so 
when I started taking music seriously, my friends were still in that level where they were still like enjoying life. Mm. And when they, sometimes you, when people see you trying to do something that is good for you, they try to push you away from that. Right. So on that process, you, get, you, you, you filter out lots of people, you know what I mean? Mm. And I spoke to you about this. I lost my dad three years ago. And when I lost my dad, my life changed. I, I said to myself, I have to be more focused. And every decision I make has to be the right decision. You know what I mean? So me going into music means that I had to work. I had to um, practice. I had to have sleepless nights. No time to go out with your friends. And what keeps a friendship? It's those activities, spending time every day. Mm. But your true friends who are like more matured, like that's why I said you spend time with older people because they right. know what you're doing. They know why you're not seeing them. Right. My older friends, when I tell them I'm, they don't see me for a week, they know why they don't see me for a week because they know I'm working on myself. Right. But when you have those friends who are not on the same level as you mentally and you don't see them, they think, oh, you're trying to avoid them. Right. So when you surround yourself with the right people, mature people, they know what you're trying to do and they're going to stick with you to the end. Mm. So the friends who I had were childish. Like not, I'm sure they must have become matured now, but back then they were not on the same level as me mentally because I knew what I wanted at a young age mm. and I focused on it and I, was, I said to myself even if I had to lose people I will because when I get to that stage in my life I'll be happy with myself mm. how long are friends going to really last you they're going to come for your face in your life when you when you part in they're going to be there when you start to when you don't have anything they leave you mm. and I've learned that the hard way so now I just like I'm always close to my family because family is what stays with you from the beginning to the end it's true so and yeah, you're gonna have few friends who are like really mature. And they're gonna be. I have friends who were there from the beginning and they're still there till now, and I respect them. Mm. I have some friends who came in in the journey, but you know, I like I said, you always have to set um, boundaries. Let your friends know what your um, priorities are. Right. My friends know my priorities and my music, right? My family and myself. So when they see that I'm not sitting down with them or spending time, they know. So I try to let people know about my life before I even try to like become friends with you I try to spend time with you too, so you know what I'm like what I stand for mm. so yeah yeah does that explain like that does explain yeah. I, it actually makes me think a lot about a conversation I was having with a few people recently where I've come to Lebanon um, switching jobs and uh, yeah should we get that yeah. should we get well let's pause the interview and we're back from our break. And Basim, we were just speaking a minute ago about how it is all the small steps that get you to where you are, the, the small gigs that people feel embarrassed about, that first moment where you did, <laughs> did the birthday party for your mom's friend and they pretty much told you, mm-mm. Yeah. Tell me you know, about the time where th- there were moments where clubs kicked you out or they didn't want you to perform. Or even tell me about the time when you would go to Uzai. Oh, the, yeah. And, nice. and, and uh, tell me about the kind of the dodgy area of Uzai. Give us some context about what that was like. <laughs> you still remember that, yes, though? Yes, of course. Um, like we spoke earlier, like, I had, like, usually, like, when I was starting off as a um, new DJ, I used to look for the big performances. Like, I want to be like those big DJs. Right. So, but the thing about um, DJing and music, you have to start off from the bottom. Which means pubs, birthday parties. So I used to be like, I want to be in a crowd of like a thousand people, but it takes time. Because when you get to that crowd, it's a different ball game. You have to be ready. You have to, you know, you have to be well-rounded. 
So what I've learned, all the small events, they give you that, I don't know, they give you that confidence. You learn everything from every experience. Like the other day, um, yesterday, my friend told me to come to the beach. I should help him because he, was, he had a wedding he had to go for. And I drove all the way there. That was, I live in a, a place called Hasmir. The beach was in, um, in uh, Kaslik. It's like an hour's drive. Okay. I got to the place, had a DJ set. And what happened? I learned something new that day yesterday so it's if I didn't go for that I wasn't getting paid it's just to help a friend out what did you learn? Uh, I'm going to expose my (laughs) 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 yeah so basically when you're DJing right yeah you usually have the headphones so what are the headphones for? so you hear what you're mixing before you let it out live yeah so when you when you have your headphones on you're meant to have one ear covered right and one ear not covered so you can hear the speakers and one year to hear what you're doing. So when I'm teaching, I usually have boats closed. Right. I knew that, obviously, but I wasn't comfortable with that. Right. So when I got to the place yesterday, venue yesterday, I had no headphones. So I had to learn, I had to mix, like, life. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So what I'm throwing out is what I'm like, so I had to know how to balance the jog wheel properly. The jog wheel is, the, you know, the spinners on the, yeah. yeah. So if I didn't go for the... Um, for the um, event yesterday, I wouldn't have known this. So my whole point is that I don't, I don't look, I don't take any situation for granted. Mm. Every situation is a learning experience. Mm. So yeah. And what was your last question? The Uzai. The yeah, yeah. So apparently, like, this was last year, and everyone was like, I had a friend came up to me. He was a good friend of mine. He was like, Basim, your mixing isn't that great. Like, you know, one of those people would tell you straight up. Right. And he's like, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. He's like, he's like an um, OG. <laughs> he's like an OG in the, in the game. So he lives in a place called Uzai, which is like kind of dangerous, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I have to go there and practice in this place, which is like, I don't know. Sketchy. Especially when I'm not like full Lebanese. It's kind of hard for me, you know what I mean? Going to this like region in Lebanon. But I had to go there. Mm. I, I, went, I went there, a couple, like, let's say I went there up to like 10 times. So every time I went there, this guy didn't speak English, mm. only Arabic. And I don't speak Arabic properly. Mm. So when I got there, this guy was, um, he's, an, he's a much older guy, so he was very strict. Mm. And this is me already, I'm already a DJ, known DJ. So when I went there, he, the pressure was a lot. Mm. He made me start all over from the beginning, the basics, mm. the ABCs of like um, DJing. Yeah. And I realized, that, I realized I was doing it all wrong. So ever since I met, when I met this guy, the whole journey was like an experience, you know, time. He taught me so much about myself, you know. Mm. So that experience of me putting myself in that situation to go to a dangerous area to learn, mm. now it's, it's like I'm reaping the rewards from it, you know what I mean? I'm very well-rounded, I'm comfortable. And when you're comfortable with your skill, you're comfortable in front of people. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. I like that. I like the fact that you had to find that humility, and that, that, I think that's what stops people from learning. They, they get a degree of success. Everyone tells them they're good. Just stop there like, I'm good enough. No, you're never good you're enough. You're never good enough. No matter how old you are. It's also nice that you had a friend that straight up said, hey, Basim, your Very DJing is not that good. Me after, he came up to me. He's an African DJ, too. He came up to me after a gig. He was like, Basim, I need to be honest with you. Mm. Your mixing isn't that great. But I know a guy who can help you out. Mm. Most, I had other DJs who came up to me and they, like, they laugh. You know what I mean? 
those those moments they discourage you but you know you meet through people like this guy he's a very nice guy an African DJ his name is Norms shout out to Norms right yeah he kept it real with me from day one okay and if he, if he didn't if he didn't see me DJing that day I wouldn't have met the guy from Uzai so you always need to have friends who actually can come up to you and be real with you mm. even if it's going to hurt your feelings but you know it's coming from a good place mm. does that make sense yeah I'm sure you had people like that who were like I think, I think, I think I've definitely had, well, I've had, I've, I've, I've had some <laughs> tough conversations. In fact, you know, I've been that person for one, well, a couple of friends. Like I said, you always need, um, you always need someone that knows you and yeah. loves you to always set you straight. And it's your family. Your family is always, like, they're always the people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For example, my mom, she comes to most of, not the club shows, she comes, let's say I have like a, um, a beach party or I have something, she comes for one of them. Right. So recently I had this um, show in Lagos. Nice show, yeah. It's a, a place called Hard Rock Cafe. Shout out to Hard Rock. Nice. Yeah. So she came and saw so setting up the damn DJ set and everything. So we started, right? My mom didn't care if I was DJing. She came up to me. She's like, Basim, you're not smiling enough. And then she ran back. I'm like, mom, I'm DJing. She, was, she came back again. She's like, Basim, you have to shake it, dance. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, yeah, my mom, she doesn't care. She always sets me straight. Like, I'm far from perfect, obviously. No one really is, but that's why, like, my mom, she's African. She has this African mentality, like, not because you're, you're doing something good. It doesn't mean you can, you're, like, you're there. You always have to. She knows what you can become. Exactly. Your parents, yeah. Your parents know, they know what you can become. Your friends know, okay, he's doing good, but your parents always know, like, you think this is good, but you can become better. So even when I DJ and I get the big event, I'm like, I, for example, I had this Mr. Easy on August 3rd, by the way. I told her mom, I'm DJing for Mr. Easy. She's like, oh, okay. So I was expecting, like, wow, you're there. Wow. No, that's not enough. She wants me to be, like, be the Mr. Easy, like, oh, like, to be, like, on that level, too. You know what I mean? So that tries me to get there, you know what I mean? Because, you know, some people just tell you, oh, yeah, you're doing it great. Compliments. Compliments sometimes affects, like, tense, you know. It makes you feel like, okay, you don't have to, like you said, you don't have to work harder. Mm. Like how you said, you, you thought you were being, your mom had to set you straight. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like it's very important for you to always know that like, there's never like an end goal. Life is just a process where it keeps going, keeps going, and you keep learning every time. Right. So, like I said, I'm done, like I'm not done with DJing, sorry guys. I'm done with like, um, how, how do I put this in a, um, in a way? Like this chapter of my life, DJing, it's ongoing, obviously, mm. but I feel like there's more to life than just music. Right. That's why I branched into the owning a restaurant. Mm. After that, I want to branch into like motivational, like speaking. I want, I want to. It's, it's, it's a process as well. Right. Yeah, it takes lots of discipline. I'm sure, like mm. you know. So it's. I don't feel like life is just. You just have to be great in some. You, you can branch out, try different things. You know. Mm. You never know. So never know. you never know. So yeah. Um, one one thing uh, I I did, and I also did this with an ex girlfriend, is we both wrote. Ex girlfriends. Eh, that's another topic. Huh? Your mom's watching this, so you might swear well, that. She knows. She knows. But uh, yeah, that's that's another. That's that's actually probably. I think that's a good topic. That's a good topic because yeah. relationships. Speaking about who set me straight, I've got a few, and uh, those are usually in the context of relationships. Setting you straight. We definitely definitely will. We will dive into that. And um, I said to this ex-girlfriend of mine, "Write a ten-year letter to yourself." Mm. 
and I had done some traveling and I was on the way back from a plane. I was listening to a podcast, funnily enough. Okay. And um, this lady was talking about how she wrote a 10-year letter to herself. And I don't mean in the sense of the secret, manifest, universal, bring yeah. you stuff. I don't mean in any of that stuff. I mean, just write a 10-year letter to yourself, unscripted, unfiltered. What do you mean by this 10-year letter? Is it like, so, um, what you want your life to look like. Okay, I get you. It gives you permission to dream big, and it gives you permission to effectively be as ambitious and honest honest with yourself about what you want without putting limitations about realistic, being realistic, finances, and so on. And often, what a lot of people do is they hide behind career. Yeah. They don't Happens a lot They though. don't say the things That they really want So for example One of the things I wrote down was Having uh, Being married Having Some kids Having a lovely wife Having A group of friends That genuinely Support me And are there for me And what was funny is You look at this letter And it's not so It comes true or not true You look at this letter As a reference point To see do your actions match up with a trajectory so like that's getting there? Yeah. Goals, but it's different. Mm. As in goals are like, I want to run a marathon. I want okay. 5,000 people to come yeah. to my DJ set. But this is being vulnerable yes. and really honest about yes. what you want. And so what I realized is the, the way I was operating in my personal relationships, in the way I was spending time, was so f- in the opposite direction. Yeah, in the opposite goal, yeah. from my goals and I think this is very relevant to relationships as most young guys often you have a fear of commitment so it ends up you acting in a certain way and chasing short term things and you you actually lose out on pot- a potential really solid relationship with a friend or a girlfriend yeah, or whatever this happens a lot though so I, I find the 10-year letter thing very interesting. I'm just curious what, you know, maybe, maybe we could say, ask you this off camera, but if you could envisage, if you, if you stripped away what was realistic, yeah. what, would you, what would you want your life to look like in 10 years, yeah. DJing aside? Oh, DJing aside. Um, this is a good question, though. Right. This, like, I didn't think about it. I actually have an idea, but... Right. To be realistic, apart from DJing, like, I've always wanted to have that perfect relationship. You know what right. I mean? Like, have, have a, like, a girl, like, who supports me and, like, you know, what I right. do in life. But the older I get, the more I realize it's hard to find, it's hard to find um, someone like that. Right. It takes time and you are what you attract. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> what you are. True. So right now in my life, um, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to attract such kind of person, you know what I mean? Someone that's strong, someone that has values. But obviously, like, DJing isn't really helping out with that. Right. Because, you know, this nightlife business doesn't really attract such kind of people, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to, like, expose myself to other kind of, you know, things in life. Mm. So speaking of, like, in 10 years, where do I want my life to be? I want to be married. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want to yeah, be married. Yeah. Get that wedding ready. Yeah, I want to be married. I want to have kids. My ideal number is four kids. Nice. Four kids, yeah. And I want to be closer to God. Definitely. Okay. Closer to more uh, religious. Yes. Yeah. And 
want to live healthy, eat good. Very, very important. You have to eat good. Yeah. You know, I don't, because sometimes I look at life, like I stopped drinking alcohol. I told you this. Yeah. Yes. Because think about it, we do all these things so we can enjoy life. Right. Set our minds right, meet the right people. But how can you enjoy life when your body isn't even good? Right. You're taking all this toxic in and, you know. Yeah. So eat good and um, closer to my family. Right. And also, I, like, now I'm getting older, I really want to help out people who don't have money. Right. Especially, I'm from Nigeria. Whenever I go to Nigeria, it's like, like you know, your, your eyes get open. You see, like, we, we take things for granted a lot. Mm. For example, in Lebanon, I make sure I eat three times, four times a day. Mm. I'm happy. I have water. I have electricity. You know, I go to Africa, and it's like, Nigeria to be specific, and it's like, I see people who don't even eat, who don't have electricity, who are on the road. And I look at myself and like I complain about silly things sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I don't have the latest um, watch. I don't, you know. Mm. And you look at people that actually don't even have food to eat. So you know, now I'm seeing life more differently. Mm. So whenever I always try to make sure, like in this year alone, I've been to Nigeria up to like ten times. What? Wait. Yeah. Sorry. You went to Nigeria ten times in one year. In one year. Ooh. And yeah, and. We spoke about this earlier, about the NGO. Yes. So I'm going to tell you about the um, story about how I met a couple of guys over here. Crazy. So this was um, summer of last year, mm. just in Jemaisi. Um, mm. So basically, what, how did this day go? I got invited to Jemaisi, have a couple of drinks with my friend. Met this two met two guys. One is from the um, United States. One is from um, Greece. Right. So you know we just bonded. You know they're all they're much older than me. They're like in the for- late forties. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna kill me. Forties <laughs> <laughs> half time man. It's not I don't mean late forties. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's actually live right now watching wow. this. Yeah. So um, I met these guys, and you know we just bonded instantly. Right. We didn't really get into depth on what they did for a living, but mm. they told me they like they worked. Some of them, one of them was in the UN, one of them was was a motivational speaker. Mm. Still is though, yeah. So we, I think when I met them, they had two more days left in Lebanon before they went back to um, Greece. Right. So we exchanged numbers. I when I met those guys, I don't know. I felt like this kind of people I want to be around. You know what right. I mean. So we, didn't, we spoke like once in a while, how are you doing, how's everything? And eventually, last month, they were like, they invited me over to um, Greece, Athens, yeah. And usually, I never really make a trip like that to see anyone because like, I just met these guys for like two days, you know, it's like a bit sketchy, you know what I mean? Right. But because of how much I said I will not say no to opportunities, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Arrived in Athens met these guys so I got to know they worked in an NGO they helped out you know the poor kids kids who were starving refugees the Syrian refugees you know I never even knew there was that section in um, Athens like yeah crazy so honestly we had a nice time over there you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it stays in Athens yeah (laughs) so they exposed me to how they live they they like like how is it what's, what's that word called minimalist Minimalism. Yes, they lived a very simple life, which I appreciated. Right. They didn't really care about the fancy car, fancy house. You know, they're nice people. You know what I mean? They showed me a lot. I learned a lot from them, and I met other people who worked in the NGO. Mm. There was a guy called Ali. I think he's he's Syrian. Yeah. Right. Very very nice guy. You know, helping people out. He puts people first before he puts himself. Mm. 
So when I when I was in, uh, I actually thought I was going to go on this trip to like party and have fun, but this trip wasn't. It was like an eye opener for me. Right. I got to meet very nice people. You know what I mean. So it changed my life a lot. So I said this to myself like. These people are so happy. And why are they happy? They're not, not because they make the most money in the world, because they're helping people out. Mm. So I, now I thought to myself, when I get back to Nigeria, I really want to, like, I own a restaurant. Mm. What's, what does it take for me to cook for the homeless, like, maybe once a week? Wow. Yeah, so I spoke to my mom about that, and it's something we're going to do every Sunday. After church, we're going to cook for, you know, less privileged kids. Mm. You know, something that's nice, helping out people, you know. Mm. That's, that's what life is about at the end of the day. These things give you happiness. Wow. So, yeah, this really opened my eyes a lot. So, yeah. So, in that list, helping out less privileged people and, you know, just to always keep learning. Right. So, yeah, that's it. Ooh. That's, that's really, that's really, that's really something. Uh, people always, you know, you hear these Quotes like the secret to living is giving and suffering is a preoccupation with oneself and all these things and they don't really mean anything until you actually kind of start practicing them. Take a step. Right. And I really just a quote until you actually you know it's just a quote. People just read the quotes like you have to give. You have to actually take the step to Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> ah, man, wow. That, such steps. I don't think many people are. I don't think many people are. I I, I mean, we can. I have a lot to say about homelessness. I think we'll we'll shelve it because this is about you. But uh, I I love that. I love that, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about that when you when you when you actually start it. I'm gonna make um, when I get back to Nigeria. I'm gonna make a couple of videos on Instagram right. about what I'm doing. You know, not just to show that oh I'm doing something good. Right. Just so we can spread you know spread the word. Of course. You know. When people see people doing something good, it's, it gives out that vibe, that good message. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I document the whole process. Right. You know, like I, I'm not doing this because like I have to. It's just, it's nice. It's good. It's nice. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. It, uh, it's so, it's so interesting. I'm almost kind of lost for words because there's so many different places we can take this conversation. One thing I am interested in is you know, now that you're at this point in your life and you've got so many new opportunities to look forward to and you've, you've found yourself, so to speak, are there any areas of your life where you feel like you haven't reconciled them or you maybe you're not as happy with or you feel like could do with some improvement? <laughs> you shouldn't short, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, I'm still 26. Right. And I don't, I'm not, I try not to be hard on myself. Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, life is a learning process, and I know I'm going to get to where I want to get to. Like, in terms of relationships, right. I, I still struggle with that because, you know, the kind of person I am, I, I, like, I, like, I love traveling. Right. I love music. I love a certain kind of lifestyle. And to meet a girl who actually appreciates that lifestyle, it's, it's not easy. Mm. Like, you know, my mom always tells me, like, Basim, you're the strong woman. A woman who's going to, like, understand how I think. Mm. Because at my age right now, it's hard to really meet someone who understands the way I think. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's still a challenge. And I, there's some childish ways I do have. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get rid of them, but it's all time. Everyone has a different time. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I'm trying to learn how to save money. Right. Have a bad spending habit. 
right. bad spending habits. So I'm trying, and I'm doing good. Okay. You know, trying to learn how to save money, which is what my dad always told me. You know what I mean? Like you have to, because sometimes you see some people who have lots of money. You just think they have a. Now I'm getting older. I realize it. You think they have a business that gives them like tons of money? No, it's is is the discipline of saving. Think about it. If you save $1,000 every year, mm. that's $12,000. Mm. Three years, that's $6,000. If you do that for oh, 20 years, you can almost become, like, you know, you're getting close to becoming a millionaire. Right. You know what I mean? So that's you just saving $1,000. Right. Let's say you're saving 3000 So it's, it's all about, it's all, you can start off small. And I've learned that. So I, I used to think that, oh, okay, I have to make tons of money before I start saving. No, you have to learn from now. It's a discipline, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to make it a habit, so I'm used to it. Right. And yeah, for me, I feel like I struggle mostly with relationships and spending. Right. And yeah, this are the, like I struggle with other parts, but these two are the main parts of my life I feel like I need to work on, and yeah, I'll be all right. And... The people say success is a, lo- a lonely journey, and you you mentioned losing some friends. How did you? How? What's your advice for people that are in that position now? So maybe their friends aren't supportive, or they realize their friends just aren't. I know I'm asking you tough questions. Yeah, or maybe they're just friends aren't. The the, rea- the sad reality is sometimes your friends and even sometimes your family in yes. the beginning are going to be skeptical and they're not going to support you. So how do you ride that out? Um. Speaking just for myself, right. like I like, like I told you, I like to spend time alone, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I can't really speak on other people, right? So when I don't have friends, it doesn't really affect me because, like, I enjoy my time. I know how to enjoy myself, right. like being alone. So that's for me. Right. I can't speak on someone else, but I just feel like you have to know what is important in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying friends are important; they're very important. I like having friends around, but. Am I having the right friends or am I just having those friends to fill up the time because I don't want to be lonely? You have to always think about this. You know, most people have friends because, oh, um, they don't know you because you feel lonely, you want to have friends. Right. Or you're actually having friends who actually care about you and pushing you to, like, you know. So I've realized about people, I realize about most people, they get friends just because they don't like to be alone. They get scared of being alone. I don't, I love being alone. I like facing myself alone because I get to think more about stuff, you know. Right. When I, I usually, I have some friends over and we talk, we talk about life and these are the friends I enjoy being around with. Mm. So it's like, you have to really think deeply about what you want. Mm. It takes time though, you know. You know, like most of the relationships I had with um, my exes, they love being around friends and they never really got time to know themselves. And when you don't know yourself, you can't learn, you, you, can't, you, don't, you can't appreciate other people and you can't love other people. Mm. So this is the problem I always have. I know myself, so I know what I, I give out. You know what I mean? Right. If that makes sense. So it's like spending time alone is really very important. You know what I'm trying to say? And yeah, like, you know, when I first started DJing, my, mo- my family didn't really support it, obviously, because they knew, like I told you, they, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole process. Like, they're going to be like, are you really ready for this process? Because I was younger when I did this, right. like going into the nightlife. Right. It's not like I'm going to work in a bank, I'm going to work in, a, um, in an office, you know, where it's secured. I was going into like the jungle and with this. Sure. Of course, it's, it's natural for your parents to be scared, but mm. I had to prove to them I could do it. Mm. Now, when my, now my mom sees it, I'm like, 
I'm stable enough, so she supports me, you know what I mean? It's all about proving to your parents too that you can handle it. When you prove to them you can handle it, then it's all fine. If you can prove to your parents, you can prove it to anyone else. That's true. Yes, That's so... True. What, was, what was the shift in your mom's um, attitude or mindset or belief in your ability to handle it when you started shadowing this guy 20 weeks in a row? <laughs> um, like, my mom... I feel like she believes in me a lot. Right. She does. So she believes in whatever I'm trying to do, she knows I'm doing it for the right reason. Right. I, told, I, I tell her about everything I do and all the processes, but sometimes she doesn't... You can't understand something unless you're in the field. I can't give you advice about being a lawyer because I don't know what it takes to be a lawyer. You know what I'm trying to say? Of course, yeah. So my mom gave me some advice. Like I didn't really feel it, it worked well with me. Mm. That's why you have to be your own person. Mm. You, you can take advice... Apply. If it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't apply to you. Mm. Not everything someone tells you you have to do for yourself. If it applies to you, it applies to you. So I knew that was the right process to take. Especially speaking about DJing. First two years, I never got paid. Right. My mom almost killed me. She's like, Basem, you're not going to do the show. But very important, you have to always do those free shows. Mm. Not, I never got into DJing because of the money. I got in because I wanted to help myself out. The money is always going to come. Money is not going to come because the money can come on the first show. Mm. You know, you're not going to, like, how do I put this? Because I didn't receive money for such a, like, for two years, I kept trying to be better so I could get that money. Right. So when you start getting money in the first time, you, you don't feel like you have to improve yourself. Because mm. you feel like, oh, they're already paying you, that means you're good. Mm. But it's until recently I started getting paid for shows because people saw my value. Mm. Sometimes I do free shows because money isn't everything I've learned that in life mm. I don't I don't jump towards money I try to how do I like how do I put this I try to live my life where I don't let money make me happy I live my life to do what makes me happy if the money comes hopefully it comes mm. if it doesn't come I'm still gonna be happy you know what I mean right. I never let money be my motivation like I need to make 100 million dollars you know it's gonna come one day and I know it right I wanna know how to live with or without money so yeah with or without money so uh, my brothers are different right they they every, listen life is everyone has what they love right. when you get to know me of course I love to spend I love to God but if I don't have it I'm fine mm. you know what I'm I love relationships with people this is what gives me happiness mm. I love making people happy this is how I get my own like sense of money right my, this is my currency like making people happy so when I make people happy, that's how I feel like I'm getting paid. Is that how the DJing fits into it? Yes. Okay. So when I go for a show, even if I'm not getting paid, once I'm making people dance, mm. I go home and I sleep good. Some nights I got paid, people didn't enjoy the show. I felt like shit because money is not my motivation, mm. if that makes sense. So yeah, like everyone is different. This might not apply to everyone, but this is for me. Right. If that makes sense. No, it does. Mm. I think what's interesting when you hear very successful people in different fields and there's this whole thing about passion and not passion and that's another debate but people often say find that thing that sets you on fire find the thing that you do every day even if you would fail and you'd still enjoy it or if money was no object and it sounds like you've you've found that my my question would be you know I often this is often the last question but it won't be I, I like asking this question which is it's called the three truths. Um, imagine it's your last day on earth. Yeah. <laughs> and 
you've achieved everything you've yeah. wanted to achieve. You've you've your DJ ace times a million. Yeah. And you, you've lived for many years and now you've got your great 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 grandkids next to you. And for some reason, all the music you've created, all the videos, you, motivational speeches you've done, they've all been erased. And all the world will have is one sheet of paper where you can write three things, three things that you know to be true in this life that you've lived so far. What, what would they be and why? What would your three truths be? I don't know. Twitters, I believe like... Things you've experienced, yeah. you've seen, things... I mean, the three truths can be literally anything. Okay, like, for example, like, you mean, like, um, things I've experienced, like, let's say, always help people out, like, what they believe in. The, yeah, they don't have to be things you've directly experienced. Okay, yeah. But in your, I mean, okay. in your time now, what are three things you feel to be true, great pieces of advice or things that okay, you yeah. live by yeah. that you'd want to pass on to yes. the world and, and maybe give a reason for each of them? Yes. Okay. So... That's a nice... You want to hit me with this question? <laughs> um, the number one rule I live by. Right. Always be nice to people. Okay. Always. I, it's my number one rule. Like, like I've always said, like, the way things came to me, I feel like things in life came a little bit easy for me. Mm. I'm not saying I didn't have hard, like, hard parts in my life, but why I look back at things I've done and I'm like how did it come to me so easy because right. I remember that I was, I'm always nice to everyone you know what I mean yes. I'm always real with people I never fake stuff with people so it's like yeah I always believe what you give is what you get right when you're nice to people you get that back yeah so that's number one number two it's um never try to be anyone else apart from yourself and we spoke about this earlier like you can't live like I thought to myself do I want to be 70 years old and I look back and I've been trying to be someone else or myself mm. what do I tell my kids mm. how do I advise them you know what I mean you can only be yourself and if you want to be great it has to be you have to be unique mm. that's why I did the African that's why I said being an African DJ in Lebanon when you're unique you stand out when you stand out it's, it's nice it's a nice feeling because yeah. to stand out you have to push it doesn't just come easy to you. Be unique in yourself, and people see that. So always be unique. Always be. Always unique. be unique. Don't try to be like anyone else. So. Yeah. And um, my last, my last quote. I'm your gonna last, get this. I'm gonna get this one off Facebook. No. <laughs> no, no. Apply it to yourself. You don't yeah, and no, I'm joking. Yeah. My last quote. Let me see. Basim's last quote. <laughs> <Hey>. oh, Basim's <laughs> last quote. Um, I, everything I'm saying is what I've said before. Always give. Give. Give, and you will receive. So you, what you give is what you get. So I, I've been helped to get to where I've been to now. So I always try to help people out. If it's doing a podcast, if it's being a motivational speaker, if it's helping the less privileged, try to give back. Mm. When you've learned so much in life, not everyone has the same opportunities as you do, so you always have to give back what you've learned. Mm. It's not just for yourself. Like, I, I, I was speaking to my mom earlier. When I go back to Nigeria, I want to open a DJ school. I want to start teaching people how to DJ. It's not even about the money. It's about... It's going to give me a sense of happiness because I'm giving back what I've learned. Mm. I'm not just going to teach DJ. I'm going to teach the steps, like, the anxiety process. You know, it's, it's a whole process. I'm not just going to teach you the normal stuff. I'm going to 
go in depth with what I've learned and what I've experienced. So yeah, help people. Wow. Yeah. Um, you brought up the DJ school, so now I can't even I can't even end the interview on that point. Let me let's let's actually get into that. You you mentioned Nigeria. I want to briefly yeah. touch on this. We need to speak about Nigeria. We need to speak about Africa. Africa. We need to speak about Africa. What's going on in Africa? Uh, I am from Sudan, and I see what's going on in Sudan, and it's and it's sad because it's a country with so much potential, so much natural resources. Exactly. Very nice people, though. That's Very the nice. thing. Well, so let's let's dig into it without being too political. We can't end this without speaking about Africa. No, we have to. We have to. And you know, people are often angry because of the governments and and the corruption and killing. But there is a side to Africa that people never speak about, and it's sad when you see a country kind of almost slide economically, slide politically, and you know it has the potential. And what's going on with Sudan at the moment, it's almost as if it's playing to the classic Western media stereotype about poverty and political disruption. But having gone there many times, and you having lived in Nigeria, you know it to be very different. Tell me, what can Africans do? Particularly the ones that are currently living outside of Africa. Like ourselves. Like ourselves. Yeah. To give back. That's a very good point, though. Um, like, I feel like, you know, I don't blame people who leave Africa to go out. Right. But I blame people who go out and don't come back. Mm. You might not be able, we might not have the best universities in Africa. Mm. So I get why people go out. Let's say you go to London, mm. you know, you go to Lebanon, wherever you want to go. But take what you've learned out, bring it back to your country. Like, my mom and I, we, did, we, like, we said we're going to invest in back in our country. You know what I mean? Why should I open a restaurant in London? Why should I open it in New York? Why don't I open it back in my country, Nigeria? You know, giving jobs back to people, mm. helping people out. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to go, always go back to your roots, you know, help people out. Yeah, in Nigeria, it's, it's corrupt, you know what I mean? But all we can do is, you know, be positive that things are going to become better, mm. invest in the country, and you know inspire people to do the same like I open a restaurant people should come back open businesses because mm. the more businesses we have the more tu- tourism we'll have mm. that's what I believe in so it's like um, everything I've learned in labor like my music DJing I'm going to take it back to Nigeria mm. help out the young youths there teach them what I've learned from Lebanon take it back to them you know it's mm. like inspire them on things they don't know about so I really feel there's um, there's hope for Africa Right. And social media doesn't really help out. It doesn't. It doesn't help out. You know, when I tell people I'm from Nigeria, I'm like, oh, is it fun? I'm like, I've traveled a lot. One of the best countries. Not because I'm Nigerian. Right. The most fun I usually have is when I go back to Nigeria. It's like the food, the people, the nightlife, the music, the Afro beats. Yes. It's, it's, it's something else. If you haven't been to Nigeria, I can only speak about Nigeria because that's where yeah. we are. Yeah. But, but give us a heads up. If, if someone wants to go to Nigeria tomorrow, yeah. what are the places, the things, the foods they need to try? First of all, if you come to Lagos, you have to come to Havila. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. My favorite dish is called jollof rice. Oh, I love jollof, jollof rice. rice. Yeah, I yeah. love it. In London, I'm sure lots of yeah. No, they have a large Nigerian yeah, lo- community, so yeah. they love there a lot. Yeah, jollof rice. For me, when I first when I first arrive in Lagos, that's why I'm from in Lagos. The f- I go home, I shower because yeah. usually I arrive in the morning. Okay. Yeah. 
Then I go, so usually we have all these big hotels that have like the pool, you may see all the foreigners. It's like, it's not, it's, you meet the people, you meet the locals, you know, you, you have the street food. Right. It's called Suya, like those who know, they okay. know, yeah. Okay. You know, it's just the experience, the, um, the, the ambience of the place is something else. And people there, they don't really, are not that much privileged, but they are always happy. It's what they have, you know what I mean? You meet all, and they're all down to it. So daytime, I go to the pool. Nighttime, the clubs, uh, it's, it's crazy, yeah. Give us some clubs. Give us some clubs that, okay. that people might want to Yeah, there's a club called um, Cubana. Cubana. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. You meet, okay. you, actually, one thing about Nigeria, the celebrities, you actually meet them. Mm. And they don't come with, like, security. You actually see them in the club, and you can say hi to them, because they're humble, though. Okay. It's, it's, there's a difference. So whenever I go to Nigeria, every time I'm out, I must see someone I know. And I say hi to them. So it's, and they always, they give me a good reception back. You know what I mean? Like, the other, I, went, I went to Nigeria last month. I met a guy called P-Square. It's a group called P-Square. P-Square, okay. I didn't say hi because I was kind of nervous. But he came up to me and he's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, you know, it's, it's nice. You meet friendly people there. And it's just a nice country. Like, everyone should experience it. Right. Well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go to South Africa. I heard it's beautiful, though. I heard South Africa is nice. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's my next destination, South Africa. Next destination. Yeah, South Africa. It's, okay. It's, okay. It's, it's nice. Yeah. South Africa. Do you know Trevor Noah? Of course. The comedian. Yeah. Have you read the book Born a Crime? No. It's worth, it's worth reading. It's worth reading. Um, I love that. I, wa- I want to touch on a topic we didn't touch on. Um... And the quick disclaimer is no one is saying this is your view of Lebanon, but you're half Lebanese and half Nigerian. Half Lebanese, half Nigerian. So he's qualified to make this comment. Uh, A lot of uh, African people and other races, actually, I've spoken to, They've, they've, they've said that they've experienced some degree of racism in Lebanon, which isn't unique to Lebanon. But I kind of want to know, as someone that's from both... You're, you're kind of a national. You're in, you know, you're Lebanese and you're Nigerian. What has been your experience with racism, and kind of how, like, how have you navigated that through living in this country? Um. So when I first got to Lebanon, right, right. I experienced racism. You know, you get the stares, you get the looks. Like in Nigeria, I never got. I got them, like, but because I wasn't full Nigerian, but in, I got it in a nice, in a positive way. But in Lebanon, I kind of got it in a negative way. You know what I mean? Like, why is he here? Why is he, you know? But, you know, everyone handles things differently. And one of the reasons I got into music and I chose to do an African, like, play DJ as an Afrobeat DJ, mm. I can sit down here and complain about people being racist. Mm. But how can I change that? People complain about, oh, people here are racist, but you have to change the way they think about people, like... Mm. So I said, I'm going to do that to my, what I know best, my music. Mm. I first, when I first started playing African music, no one appreciated it. No one liked it. I got kicked out from the cl- um, pubs from playing African music. But it was all a process. Step by step, step by step, people started liking the music. And you know, now, every week there's an, Af- there's an Afrobeat event in Lebanon. Like, it's crazy. Six years ago, it wasn't. Now, every week, there's an artist coming. Mr. Easy is coming. Whiskey is coming. The video is coming. Wow. So it's all, I believe, like, all the steps I took contributed. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying people are into racism, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, and I, I spoke to Rowan about this. 
when people are being racist to you, how do how do I how do I deal with it specifically? Like, I know my self worth. I know what I'm capable of. I know I'm educated. I know I'm I'm smart. I know I'm, you know, I I know myself. So I don't let people dictate that for me. Like, oh, you're you're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. Like, I know myself. So no one really gets to me. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm sad about the issue in Lebanon, but I feel there's hope and it's gonna things are gonna become better. So yeah, I love that how you said you know your self worth, and it's interesting. We're kind of living in a time now where things feel like they're getting more racist, but we're also becoming way more interconnected. Yes. And I feel like that's creating well, the I pressure. Feel, sorry, I, feel, I feel social media is helping that out. Because now we're exposed to Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube, Netflix. So people here and get to see that there's more to um, life than just what's in Lebanon. Right. You know, so most of the time, the people we have in Lebanon are like domestic workers. So the notion people have in Lebanon is like, oh, all black people are... I see. Yeah. So when you have Instagram, you see like 50 Cent living in lavish lifestyle. You see nice. people, Obama, you see, you know, you see African-Americans, you see the Africans in Nigeria, in Africa, where else. They're doing something positive and big. So they get to see like, okay, we're wrong about this mentality. We have to change. Right. So I, as much as I don't really, really focus on social media, social media still helps out in a way. Mm. So, yeah. It's nice that you have a positive view of social yeah. media because it's often blamed for a lot of things. Social media can be useful. Social media can be used for both ways. Either use it in a positive way or in a negative way. Right. We're doing this podcast now right. for something positive. Yes. You can do a podcast like this and say shit on Lebanon, shit on Nigeria. Right. But we're doing it in a way because I'm not trying to like, there's racism everywhere, like you said. Exactly. But I mean, I can only speak about where I'm at. I mean, Lebanon, I know what's going on here. And you know, there's hope always. Yeah. You know, so. It, it's nice. In some ways, I feel like music, I think two things bring people together music, music. and sport. Yes. Music and sport. And uh, you see in different projects, you have rival gang members, they'll pr- play a football match. For the Americans, a soccer match. Yeah. And music also, I feel, brings people together a lot quicker. And can you maybe share some experiences, some positive experiences, maybe in Lebanon, of where you're starting to see that shift through music? Um, yeah, for me, music is one of the biggest. Like it, com- it um, how do I say? It brings people together. Right. Especially now, African music is coming worldwide. Not even Lebanon. Like, I went to Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, I went to Iceland a few months. And I, I, list, I heard some African songs there. They were jamming to the African music there. And I was like, whoa, in Iceland. Wow. So it's like music. Music is the... People love music. Music, it's, it's like... It's the key for me. It's bridging the gap for racism. You know what I mean? Like, it's bringing people closer. So in Lebanon now, like, I do this every Thursdays. And um, weekly, I have this African event I do. It's in a place called Eden. When I'm playing the African music, I see how everyone is happy. You know, it's, it's all positive vibes. They come up to me, oh, we love this. Can you give me the name of this song? You know, let me know more about yourself. You know, they want to get to know me better because of my music. So I see the change, you know. Back when I started um, African music, I was getting kicked out. Now people want to know more about me. So it's, I can definitely see what's happening. So, yeah. And I'll just want to give this to make this useful for yes. people. For aspiring DJs, I don't know, 
how many of your listeners or your followers will be DJs. Yeah. But I'm sure a good chunk of them would yeah, be inspired. Definitely. What what does a young kid who probably doesn't have that much talent but has fire and serious determination do to become like yourself or even bigger? Even bigger, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I don't consider myself, I didn't have the talent of being a DJ. Like, I, I don't think I did. So you, did. so you don't consider yourself as having natural No. This is no, no, I wasn't born like, oh, I was a DJ. I was like right. five years old and I went into music. No. Right. Hard work. Right. Yeah, if you don't have the talent, you just have to put in the time. Right. So if you're a young kid or someone who's older, because we have older people to get into DJing. Right. For me, I'm just going gonna, gonna to give you the steps. For me, the the easier way to do it, if you don't you not you don't have that much money to go to a DJ school, mm. you can meet a friend who's a DJ. He can help you out. Mm. Or now with YouTube, YouTube, YouTube yeah, yeah, I've learned a lot for yeah. You can get a, a DJ set for at least two hundred dollars. Mm. You can go on YouTube, and YouTube teaches you everything you need to know. You can go to a DJ school. It's not that expensive. So you know there there are ways for you to become a DJ, mm. and it's all about practicing. Every day, give yourself one to two hours. And that, I think you'll be fine. If you do that every day for a year, you're going to be a great DJ. What do, you, what do you do when you're practicing? Um, for me, always the basics. I always work on the basics. Tell us about the basics. The basics is um, beat matching. So what, what do DJs really do? You get song A, right. song B. You blend it in together smoothly. Right. So it sounds nice to your ears. Right. That's DJing. Yeah, that's, it's, it's simple. It's not, you know, yeah. but of course you can add the tricks, you know, that's yeah. pro level. Like, yeah. for me, I always still work on my basics because when, you, when you're not strong with your foundation, you're never going to be good. So I always work, till now I still work on my foundation. We spoke about what happened yesterday, how I still, what I learned yesterday was still about the foundation. I don't try to jump from point A to Z. Like, I try to make sure step by step, because when you know, the, like at first I kind of rushed it, you know what I mean? I made a few mistakes. I was like, I just want to go and play in the clubs. I didn't really know the basics. But now I'm getting more experienced. I'm jumping back to my foundation. I'm working on every little detail. So when I start teaching this in Nigeria, I want to make sure most 90% of what I teach is the basics. The 10% is like the next level stuff. But the basics are always important to DJing. Because with the basics, you can never go wrong. Yeah, Basim, there is so there is so much we can cover, and I, I have a feeling if we have time, we might even do a part two. But uh, we will do a part two. Is there anything that you would like to talk about that I haven't asked, or is there any? Yeah, is there anything that like final words or things that you want to say, or you have a message? Yeah, definitely. I always have something to say. I just want to say I'm grateful for this. Like. I didn't see this happening in this podcast, but thanks to Rowan, you know, I met a guy like you, you're nice, you understand, and you know, you, you support a good cause, you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to get there with yourself in your podcast, and you know, it's like I said, it's all step by step, and I'm here to support, I don't, I want to do a part two podcast, and you know, I hope your journey goes good, and you're successful with whatever you're doing, and that's it. That's what I want to say. I really, like, thank you for this experience. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. I mean, the whole reason why I'm 
even doing this. Firstly, thanks, Rowan. Uh, if you see this, thank you so much. Rowan, uh, Rowan, uh, almost typical, typical uh, with some tabule and other things. I, uh, she, we good? Um, Oh, yeah. My bro is online. Hey, bro. He's a, he's a, he went to Vietnam yesterday. No way. Bro, I, I love Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, sp- I spent a few weeks in Vietnam. Yeah. I've got a good blog post on it I can share with him. If you want to go to different cities, I started in Ho Chi Minh. You're in Hanoi. Hanoi is dope. The night markets are really cool in Hanoi. Check out Ho Chi Minh City if you have time, which is in the south. But it's a quick flight. Um, yeah. I, well, here's the thing. Right now... I am in a transition, but it's because of people like you and Rowan and other people that have made me think, okay, this podcast thing is actually something that I really enjoy. Not to make it into a profession or anything, but to really share people's stories. So I think meeting you today was another reminder why I have to keep doing this and actually one thing I really loved is the minute I met you and the minute I met your friend you were both incredibly grounded people incredibly mature and one thing I, I, I love about you is you're, you're in an industry where a lot of it is it's, it's all about image yeah it can come across as superficial and I think it would be very easy for people to, to judge you by just looking at your Instagram. Because I think, oh, he's just this cool DJ. He probably thinks he's overly cool. But you're incredibly humble. You're incredibly hardworking. I love the fact that you put family first. I also love the fact that something very, you have two things that are very unique in my view. One, you're very self-aware. Very few people... Woke. He's woke. He's not just woke about the political issues, but you're self-aware. You know how to analyze yourself. You really get honest with yourself. You know your strengths and your weaknesses. You know why you're behaving the way you're behaving. And the second unique thing about you is you're comfortable in your own space. And I think that's come through you being alone. I think people intensely scared of being alone. Being alone, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. I still struggle with that, though, but I always have this in the back of my mind. Like, oh, there's a, my friend. Shout out to Haruna. Haruna. Yeah, he's, 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 from, um, he's from Lagos. Nice. No, no, Kanu. Sorry, Kanu, Kanu. He's going to kill me. He said something to me, like, before he left Lebanon. He's like, you came into this world alone, mm. and you're going to live alone. So you always have to remember this. You don't need anyone to be with you to feel. You, you're in this world by yourself. You have to make an impact. Right. So you don't need people being around you to feel like you're doing, to be, feel good about yourself. Mm. Being okay with yourself is all you need, you know what I mean? Mm. Be comfortable in your skin, fat, skinny, mm. tall, short, just be happy, you know? Mm. For me, everyone is unique. Anytime I get to meet people, you're unique too. Mm. Everyone is unique. It's true. Everyone is so, like, in the stage of my life where I'm right now, I don't take anyone for granted. I learn from everyone. Not be, even from a kid who's 10 years old, I learn from them how to be happy in like, playing with toys, how to travel alone. Everyone I meet, I learn from them. I don't look at people, oh, because I'm cooler than you or because I'm this, I have more money than you. Everyone, you learn from everyone. What's, what's the most important thing you've learned from being alone? Being alone? Um, or spending time by yourself? What's the most important insight? <laughs> Um, I know what I like and I know what I don't like. I know what makes me comfortable. I know what doesn't make me comfortable. I know, for instance, 
I don't like I don't like being around negative people I don't like being around people who show off I don't like being around um, people who don't care about people who are not generous you know what I mean I like being around people who listen when you speak I like being around people who appreciate you and don't judge you for who you are they 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 understand everyone has a process in life and they're going through a process. They don't look at you at where you are. They know where you can become or what you can become. So, like, being alone just teaches me all of this. Like, it just shows me, like, a lot about myself. You know, so, if you can spend time alone, I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself. So, yeah. Basim, or should I say DJ T-Bills, yeah. it's been... It's been a pleasure, seriously. Everything that we've spoken about, I'll make sure I include it in the yeah. what I call the show notes. Whew. Ah, I'm going to enjoy editing this. Yes. I'm going to enjoy reflecting and thinking about this conversation. And thank you. Like, ge- like genuinely, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, but thank you for making the time. I mean, this is my third week in Lebanon. Yeah. And I've been incredibly lucky to have met people like Rowan and Sharon and all these people that have just taken me in and shown me things or introduced me to people. So, Yeah. Like, thanks. And, um, and on that note, I am actually really excited to follow your journey with the restaurant, follow your journey with the DJing, and kind of see where it goes. You're going to come to Nigeria. I'm going to invite you to Nigeria. I would love to come yeah, to Nigeria. To. Okay, I'll, I'll actually take you up on that invitation. If you ever want to come, you just have to get your tickets. Okay, that's yeah. it. It's done. So it's done. <laughs> See you in Lebanon and, in and one night and one day in Nigeria. Sooner than sooner than you expect. Yes. Sooner than you expect. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Um, and on that note, thank you, Basim. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording it. And as always, with every Let's Talk with Mo Hassan podcast episode, you can find all the things we've discussed in the show notes below. So if you're an Android user, have a listen on soundcloud.com slash mohassan92. And if you're an Apple podcast user, you can find us on iTunes at Let's Talk with Mo Hassan. You can also DM me on Instagram at mohassan92. All the details to the social media are in the links below. And if you can think of a guest that you'd like to see on the show or a topic you'd like to see me discuss or in this case, hear me discuss, let me know.